0: This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across a cross coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start Romans chapter 2. And. Romans chapter 1 is a chapter that a lot of people go to to beat up the, 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 the community of letters is what I call them because I can never remember what they are. The LGTB, QRSTUV, whatever they are. But people, especially Christian people, they take Romans 1 and they like to beat the gay and the lesbians and the drag queens. They love to beat them over the head with Romans chapter 1. But the, the, the big problem with that is Romans chapter 2. And I've never studied and broken down the book of Romans. And so I am in that category of guilty of using Romans chapter 1 to beat up on that community. And when I started studying Romans chapter 2 for today's podcast, it's like God just took his backhand and just said smack and just slapped me across the face and so i i want to get into romans chapter two uh but before we get into romans chapter two i, I kind of want to give you a backdrop i guess is what you would call this and then we're going to dive right into romans chapter two the the church at rome it consisted mainly of gentiles but there were also jews in the church there as well and you got to remember they have a church building where you know a big groups of people came to worship we're talking like house churches and so when when we say the church it's the church as a whole it's not you know the baptist church down here on the corner and the church of christ down here on on that corner and you know and so on and so forth no the church was one it was a the body of christ and so it consisted of gentiles and it also consisted of jews as well and in chapter 2 it seems like Paul is addressing the attitude of the Jewish Christians in the church of Rome. And you'll, you'll see why I say that later on as we start breaking down chapter 2. And, and, and The Jews, back in the Old Testament, they were God's chosen people. And it started with Abraham and the covenant that God made with Abraham um, in uh, Exodus chapter 12, I believe, with the circumcision. And since... G- the Jews are, are, are God's chosen people. It, it gave them sort of an edgy attitude, if you will. Kind of like, you know, we're the Jews. We're God's chosen people. Everybody else is beneath us. And this is why they had such a clash uh, with the Roman government. Because th- they, they hated the Romans because the Romans oppressed them. And the Romans hated them because the Jews just got on their nerves. And, and, and so they would always have this clash. And But we see this edgy attitude in John chapter 8, verses 31 through 38, when Jesus tells a crowd of, of Jews, he says, the truth will set you free. And they're going to clap back at Jesus, and they're going to say, what do you mean free? We're children of Abraham. We are Jews. We have never been slaves to anybody. So you can see that edgy attitude. Um, And we're going to see this this edgy attitude as we break down Romans chapter 2 and how Paul challenges these Jewish Christians to look at themselves and to make sure that their lives are right with God instead of condemning everybody else around them. And it's an absolute, it's just a great lesson that we can all learn because Jesus himself he talks about this very thing in the four Gospels, about how we judge other people instead of looking at ourselves. That's why he says, you know, before you go take out that that little speck that's in your brother or your sister's eye, why don't you remove that big old plank, that great big humongous log that is in your own eye? But in, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 8, Jesus says this. He says, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others yeah, that's that, that's it right there in a nutshell don't judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others the standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own how can you think of saying to your friend let me help you get that let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log that's in your own eye, you hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck that's in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw away your pearls to pigs; they will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you and he's talking about worldly people. he says don't 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 worry about that, don't worry about them. You worry about yourself and your sin." and make sure that you are all right with me that's what jesus is saying and so it it you know it's so easy to look at other people and what they're doing and how they're living and the sin that they're living in and to point out their sin it's easy to do that but it's hard to look at ourselves and look at the sin that we are committing and that's exactly what Paul's going to cover in Romans chapter two, because in Romans chapter one that we just finished breaking down in the past four podcasts. If you hadn't had a chance to go back uh, to listen to that, go back and listen. Really, it's five podcasts because we did an introduction to Romans. But as Christians, we love to take Romans chapter one and just. Absolutely condemn and beat people over the head by the way that they're living, especially in our day and time in this society, especially with the LGTBQ and RSTUV, all those letters that they're gaining so much attention these days in, in, in the drag community, the gay and lesbian community. Uh, you know, with the backing of our our government, and it's Pride Month, and they're just parading all this stuff in our face, and we and, and, and you see people uh, protesting, Christian people protesting with signs and using scripture, and they're just yelling in their you know in their microphones or their megaphones, and they're they're just letting these people have it with Romans chapter one. Um, and that's what we do. We just blast Romans one because. Paul specifically mentions the people that the people chose not to believe in God because they suppressed the truth. Paul says they don't have any excuse because his attributes are, are clearly seen in creation. But because of their unbelief, their hearts turn to darkness and their decisions are sinful. And Paul talks about how God allowed them to run with their choices and how women sleep with women and men sleep with men, and they leave the natural way God intended sex between a man and a woman. And then Paul also mentioned a, a ton of characteristics about a society that has turned their back on God, and and God has abandoned them. And and to be 100% honest, when Paul wrote that 2,000 years ago, it it sounded, or it sounds like he's describing the United States today. But what we, as Christians, what we're guilty of is blasting Romans chapter 1 to beat up those people who live such a lifestyle. And then the problem is we pretend that Romans 2 doesn't exist. Because I'm just going to be honest with you. I haven't read Romans 2 in a long time and I've never studied it. I've never broken it down like I'm doing in today's podcast and in, in, in future podcasts. Because if... If we were to read Romans chapter 2, we would never take Romans chapter 1 and beat up anybody. And that's exactly what God did with me. He just gave me a big old backhand when I started breaking down Romans chapter 2 for this podcast. In Romans chapter 2, Paul turns the tide, if you will, and he goes right after the ones who follow Jesus. And here's what he says in, in the first four verses. He says, You may think... And this is after Romans chapter 1. He goes right into this in Romans chapter 2. He says, you may think you can condemn such people. Those people in Romans chapter 1 that he was describing. He says, you may think you can condemn such people, but you, you are just as bad and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself. For you who judge others do these very same things things and we know that god in his justice will punish anyone who does such things even you that's what he's saying here you're just as guilty and you will be punished by god because you're doing the same things so be careful who you judge and how you judge them he says since you are judging others for doing these things why do you think you can avoid god's judgment when you do the same things don't you see how wonderfully kind uh Tolerant and patient, God is with you. Does this mean nothing to you? Paul says, Can't you see that his kindness is indeed or is intended to turn from uh, you from your sin? Let me read that again. Can't you see that God's kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Don't take advantage of God's kindness because it's intended to turn us. From our sin when we talk to people about Jesus and we share the gospel the good news of death the death burial and resurrection of Jesus when we share the gospel with people the first thing that we tell them that they have to do is to re, to repent of their sin and then be baptized into Christ that's what the, they asked Peter the question Acts chapter 2 men and brethren what shall we do and the first thing Peter says is to repent and then he says, "Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ." But what does the rep- what does repent mean? Repent means to turn away from sin. You you do a complete one eighty. You're you're living a life of sin. You're running to sin. To repent means you're turning away from sin and you're turning to God. That's why Jesus would tell people when he was dealing with sinful people, he he would heal them or he would uh forgive them of their sins then he would say these words he would say something like this go and sin no more but when jesus says that does, does that mean these people never sinned again that's not that's not what it means at all these people were human and that's what we do because of the fall of of adam and eve in the garden sin has become a part of us and that's why we need a Savior. That's why Paul talks about being held captive by sin and doing the things that, that he doesn't want to do. He says, why do I keep doing these things? And he says, it's the sin that is in me. And he says, who's going to break me free from this bondage of sin? And he says, ah, Jesus, that's who. That's who's going to break us free. Because sin, is it's just our nature. It's what we, we do. But... There's a huge difference of continuing to sin and living a life of sin or giving our life to Christ and trying our best not to sin. Does that mean we're going to never make a mistake in sin? Absolutely not because uh, it's going to happen. There was only one perfect person that ever lived that never sinned and that was Jesus. We are sinners. But that's why we need a Savior and that's why Jesus is God's very own son died on a cross to wash us and cleanse us of our sin to set us free from the bondage of sin. But the goal is to be like Jesus. And so we strive to do that on a daily basis. We strive to make godly choices that will lead us as well as others closer to Christ. But see, when we choose sin, sin leads us away from Christ. So we want to choose righteousness. We want to make godly decisions that's going to lead us closer to Christ. And, and like I mentioned a while ago, that is the struggle that Paul talks about uh, later on in the book of Romans. But because even as strong as a believer as Paul is, I mean, he even had direct encounters with Jesus himself. But Paul even struggled with sin and he even calls himself later on the chief of sinners. So I believe the key is this. Paul says, since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do these same things? Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Paul says that God is patient. Paul says that God is kind with each and every one of us, you and me. He has forgiven us of our sin. He is tolerant when we sin and we should in turn Be the same way with others. It reminds me of the parable that we've covered in previous podcasts of the merciful servant that was forgiven of his debt or he was forgiven of his sin. In this case, it was money. But Jesus was using it to talk about how their sin were forgiven and how in turn we should forgive others when they sin against us. And so he talks about this unmerciful servant who owed a lot of money and he was forgiven of his debt. But then this guy turns around and goes out and finds people that owes him all kinds of money. And when they couldn't pay him on the spot, he belittled them. He went off on them and he throws them in prison until they could pay their debt. And what happens is word gets back to this guy's boss that had forgiven him of all this great debt. And he calls that servant in and he says, didn't I have mercy on you? Didn't I show compassion to you? Didn't I forgive you of all your debt? Then why have you gone out and found these people that owed you money and throw them in prison when they couldn't pay you? You should have been like me and, and shown forgiveness. You should have shown mercy and, and, and forgiven them of all that debt. And so that, that guy was severely punished for the way that he had treated others after being forgiven of all of their debt. found in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 25. And and as I read Romans chapter 2, I'm just thinking that maybe the Jewish Christians weren't being very tolerable of others and their sin. And Paul tells them plainly in Romans 2, he says, You are just as guilty as those who are in the world and claiming that there is no God Because you do believe in God as Jews and especially you have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and filled with his Holy Spirit. You've given your life to Christ. You've made him your Lord and Savior. You've been baptized for the remission of your sins. So you believe in God and yet you still sin. And Paul says you're going to be held accountable. You will answer to God. And so with that in mind, be patient, because God is patient with you. Be kind because God is kind to you. And turn away from your sin. He goes on to say in verses 5 through 16. And I'll, I'll break this down a little bit as we go. He says, but because you are stubborn. Remember why do the people say they don't believe in God? Because they have no excuse, Paul says in Romans 1, but they suppress the truth because of their wickedness, because of sin. And they therefore, it's easier to say, I don't believe in God. Because that way they don't have to worry about the consequences of their actions. They're not held accountable. Because the minute they say there's a God, then they're going to be held accountable. And he says here in chapter 2, verse 5, he says, but because you are stubborn and you refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself for a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. Now, I'm going to stop there and I'm going to say this. I believe 100% that we have eternal security in Christ Jesus. 100%. But what Paul says here absolutely destroys the idea of once saved, always saved. And there's tons of other passages to destroy it. But Paul says that we must turn away from our sin and we must keep on doing good. We must keep on seeking after God. In other words, I can choose right now to stop. I can, I can choose to quit. To quit believing in God, I can choose to quit seeking after God. And yes, I was saved. I've been saved for, since I was 11 years old, and I'm 50 years old now. So I've been saved for 39 years. And people would try to say, you know, the once saved, always saved Christ. I say, well, you just, never, you just never was a Christian. You never believed. That's not true. I believed for a long time. But I can choose right now on my own to stop believing. That's why Journey came out with a song, don't stop believing no that's not why they come out with a song but it fits don't stop believing that's what paul's saying you got to keep on keeping on that's why jesus says over and over again he that endures to the end will be saved he that endures to the end will receive a crown of life you got to keep on keeping on paul goes on in verse eight um he says but he will pour out his anger And wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth, and instead live lives of wickedness. There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil, for the Jew first, and also for the Gentile. In other words, when you come to Jesus, there's got to be a lifestyle change. You can't just keep doing what you what you want to do. You have a Lord and a Savior, not just a Savior. You have a Lord. You have a new master. And th- that master, Jesus Christ, tells us how to live and how to live a life that is pleasing to God. And we got to put away the flesh and live by the Spirit and walk by the Spirit in obedience to God and His Word. That's why it's so important that we are people of the Word. We're reading God's Word, we're listening to God's Word, and we're sharing God's Word so we can live a life that is pleasing to God. He says, There will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. When the Gentiles sin, they will be destroyed, even though they they never have had God's written law. Why would why did they have God's written law? Because it was given to the Jews. Remember Moses on Mount Sinai. Moses was a Jew. He brought it down the ten you know the clay tablets with the Ten Commandments on it. He brought that down to the Jews. The Gentiles were left out. They were left out. They they were not given. The law. But he says when the Gentiles sin, they will be destroyed even though they have never had God's written law. And the Jews who do have God's law will be judged by the law when they fail to obey it. For merely listening to the law does not make us right with God. It is obeying the law that makes us right in His sight. Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they they know His law when they instinctively obey it, even without even hearing it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them that they're doing right. And this is the message I proclaim, that the day is coming when God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone's secret life. Nothing's hidden from God. God knows everything that we say before we ever say it. God knows everything that we do Nothing is hidden from God. And Paul says it's all going to come out one day when we stand before God. And he says we're not going to have any excuses. Not even the Gentiles who was not given the law. Paul says they know the law. It was written on their hearts. They know what is good. They know what is right. They know what is wrong. Do what is right. Don't do what is wrong. And then he says the Jews... They had the law, and even though they had the law, they chose sin, and they continue to choose sin, and Paul says that they keep going down that road, it's going to turn out poorly, very poorly for them, and so I'm going to sum this up as we end today's podcast. I want want to sum it up like this. We can know God 100%. We can know God. We can read God's word. And I hope that you're doing that. I know you're listening to my podcast and I'm sure you're listening to other podcasts and God bless you and thank you for doing that because you're hungry for the Word of God. And we can read God's Word. We can read the Bible. We can study the Bible. We can break it down where it's easy to understand. We can share it. But here's the deal. If we don't practice it, it's useless. It's absolutely useless. The Jews had the law given to them by God. But guess what? If they didn't live by it, they didn't practice the Ten Commandments, what good did it do them? And for those who were circumcised, when God gave that covenant with Abraham in Exodus chapter 12, and he says, "You know, if you want to be a part of me, you have to be circumcised as a male by the eighth day. And if you choose not to be circumcised, you, just, you choose not to circumcise your children, then they're not going to be a part of my covenant. I'm not going to have anything to do with them. So for those who were circumcised and they agreed to the, to, to the covenant with God in the Old Testament, what good did it do those people who were circumcised, who went into a covenant relationship with God, what good did it do those people If they were not willing to live the way God intended them to live. It just means they got their penis cut and it caused a lot of pain. If they don't do what God wants them to do. If they choose to live the way they want to live. And that's what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 1. He says it's not doing them any good. And he's telling these Christians in the church at Rome. He says... Hey, you know who God is. You know who Jesus is. But if you're not going to live for him, what good's it going to do you? You're no better than those people in Romans chapter 1. So quit beating people up over the head by the way they're living. Don't judge other people. Judge yourself. Look inward. Make sure that you are living right. And quit worrying about everybody else. Quit worrying about people in the world. God will deal with those people. Yes, we shared Jesus with them. But we don't have to beat them up. We don't have to take Romans chapter one and beat the gay and lesbians and the L G T B Q R S T U V W X Y Z. We don't. We don't. And the drag queens and all. We don't have to do that. But we can love them, like Jesus loves them. Nothing separates us from the love of God. Nothing. Doesn't mean we're saved. But it does mean we're loved. And, and we're called to be Jesus, and so we go out there and we share Jesus. that's all we have to do. We don't have to have megaphones, we don't have to have uh uh what do you call picket lines and and go off on people and and t- condemn them to hell and all this stuff no, we just share Jesus and we'll let God take care of that their lifestyle they got to answer to God for it. As a matter of fact, anything that we say and do is not going to change them. We can't change them. Our words are not going to change them. Only the Holy Spirit, through the power of God's Word, will change them. What good does it do if we know Jesus? We call upon the name of Jesus, and we're baptized in water in the name of Jesus. And we're filled with the Holy Spirit. But yet, we don't live like Jesus. We don't love like Jesus. We're not compassionate like Jesus. We don't show grace and mercy like Jesus. What good is that doing? And here's the thing. Now I'm going to end with this. You know, we can fool a lot of people into thinking that we're christ followers we can post all kinds of scriptures on facebook and instagram and twitter we can post all these christian memes you know that 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 are uplifting and encouraging and they got beautiful pictures with scriptures on them we can show up to all the church services that we want we can be a part of the choir we can sing on the worship and praise team We can even get in a pulpit and preach a sermon. But here's the deal. God knows our motives. He knows our hearts. And we can fool a lot of people into thinking that we live for Jesus. But you know who we're not fooling? Jesus. God knows our hearts. We ain't fooling God. He knows our motives. He knows the reason why we do what we do and if it's pure and true or not. It's a good thing that you read your Bibles. It's a good thing that you're listening to podcasts that break down the Bible. It's a good thing that you're listening to preachers and you're getting filled with the Word of God. But brother or sister in Christ, if you're not living like Jesus, if you're not being Jesus... The hands and feet of Jesus in your community, in, in your workplace, in, in your in your shopping centers, wherever you go to shop, around your family, it's not doing any good. It's not doing you any good. It's not doing them any good, and it's not doing Jesus any good. So I I just want to challenge you to quit judging others. Quit beating people up with Scripture and be Jesus. Just go out there and love people and meet their needs and share Jesus, the love of Jesus, the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus with people and give them the opportunity to say yes or no. Love them where they're at and let God do His thing. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to The Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share The Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember... Keep grinding.